Well, let's stand up because we're going to declare who God made us to be and who He's called us to be. We're going to declare our mission statement. If we could get that up there. The target of our lives as a church, why God put us on the map. Are you guys ready? This is who we are. Are you ready? Three, two, one, go. We are raising up radical, passionate, aggressive lovers of God and people from the next generation who will love deeply, serve sacrificially, speak truthfully, live holy, and go globally in the supernatural power and presence of the Holy Spirit calling all people to confess Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Amen. Amen. That is who we are, and that is who we are becoming as a church. And we've been talking and preaching and sharing messages about this very thing, this very mission that God has tasked us with. And if you're a first-time guest or you just showed up in the last few weeks, we have a podcast on our website. You can go get caught up on uh, the other things we've, we've already taught concerning our mission statement. But it's very important that we as a church, we're all clear what the target is. I mean, if you don't know where the target is, then you don't know what to aim at. Then you're just popping shots off, you know, or shooting arrows in the air. I don't know. We got to have that target clear so that we know where we're going in God. Amen? Amen. Amen. And so we've been talking about our, our mission statement. And I've been sharing about different aspects of love. And I want to continue talking about today love. It's the, it's the first. It's the first thing. Jesus said, love God and love people. And you can't do one without the other. So we got to get the love thing right so the rest of this works well. And so today, I want to talk about what it means to be a radical lover of God and people. Amen? Do we have any radicals here? I know we do. I know you're here. You're crazy. You're crazy for Jesus. Amen. Be foolish like David, right? He was a lunatic at times. He danced his clothes off his back. I don't know if we got enough prayer little coverings for some of you, but we'll, we'll manage. This whole section gets, well, crazy. We don't know what's going to happen. As long as it's of Jesus, it's okay. But we're... We're radical lovers of God. We are radical. Unfortunately, the world has stolen that word in recent days. They've taken it from us. They've taken the meaning of the word radical, and they've turned it into something terrible. It evokes screams of terror. Someone's baby is not happy. When I can hear it all the way up here, (laughs) go save that child, please. (laughs) But, you know, just like the world has has stolen um, passionate, made it, turned it into some kind of exclusively sexual term, um, the world has taken radical and it's been hijacked by groups like ISIS. 
and the Taliban. And they, they use that word radical to represent terror and intimidation and fear. None of which, by the way, have anything to do with the kingdom of heaven. None of those things have anything to do with us. In fact, true religion has nothing to do with fear or terror or intimidation. James chapter 1 verse 27 says this. It says, Pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this. To visit orphans and widows in their trouble. And to keep oneself unspotted from the world. Listen, any religion that advances its cause by turning people into orphans and turning them into widows is a religion that will find itself in direct opposition to God himself. They will find themselves as an adversary of God. Psalm 68, verse 1, it says, May God arise, and may his enemies be scattered. May his foes flee before him. As smoke is blown away by the wind, may you blow them away. As wax melts before the fire, may the wicked perish before God. But may the righteous be glad and rejoice before their God. May they be happy and joyful, sing to God, sing praises to His name, extol Him who rides on the clouds. His name is the Lord. Rejoice before Him. A father to the fatherless, a defender of widows, is God in His holy dwelling. And God sets the lonely in families, and He leads forth the prisoners with singing but the rebellious live in a sun-scorched land. So, here we are again. It's up to us, the church, to own the responsibility of redeeming and redefining what radical looks like. Just as we had to do with passionate, and we are doing with passionate, the world has turned radical into a trigger point for fear. And we have to, we as the church have to uh, display and demonstrate the redemptive quality of being a radical lover of God and a radical lover of people. Otherwise, fear is going to win. I love how Rob Simmons reached out to a concerned citizen in our town who was overtaken by the world's version of radical. And he took the time to show her the real meaning of what radical love is all about. That was a win for love. So before we even dive into what is radical, I just, I want us to just, we're going to take a second, I want to ask the Holy Spirit to just erase the picture that the media has painted of what radical is. And let's just ask God to show us 
a holy and redemptive meaning of this word. Amen? Will you do that? Just close your eyes and maybe even put your hands on your head. I don't care. Do whatever. But just, Father, in the name of Jesus right now, we just ask you, Holy Spirit, just erase this, this association of radical with fear, with terror, and with intimidation. God, we just ask you right now that you would cleanse our hearts and erase that from our mind so that we today, God, can have a holy and redemptive understanding of radical according to the word of God. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. So, as I've done before, I want to I wanna give definition to the word radical. And of course, the, the common meaning that we have of radical is this. It's to be being extreme in action and thought, especially in regards to change in existing, accepted, or traditional forms. That's a mouthful, I understand. So I'm going to give you some examples. Being extreme, uh, based on traditional, accepted, or um, existing forms. So many people would say, especially when they show up the first time here, that they, we have a radical Sunday morning service. <laughs> right? Many people would say it's radical. They would say it's radical. Why? Because it looks different from existing traditional forms of church services. Right? The ones that they've mostly experienced, it's not like this one. So we get the term radical. We would be considered a radical church because we pray for physical healing. And many times people actually get healed. It's considered radical because it is different from most existing traditional forms of Christianity. Most of the church is not praying for the sick. Most of the church see no results whatsoever. But God's going to change that, at least in Newcastle. He's coming to town. We would also be considered radical because we teach our children how to hear God's voice. How to prophesy. How to pray for the sick. That's radical because it differs from existing traditional forms of children's ministry. Are you guys getting the picture of what radical means when it comes to existing traditional patterns? Um, some other examples of radical. For those of you who homeschool, you might be considered radical. Crazy, maybe. Because, why? It's a change from the existing traditional form of education. You know, many times the word radical is just replaced with the word extreme. You know? So what do we have? We've got extreme sports, right? I remember when it was radical even to think about doing a backflip on a bicycle. That was just the most craziest, insane thought one could ever have. There's no way you could flip a bike in the air until a landmark movie came forth <laughs> in the 80s called Rad. 
<sighs> a cult classic of cult classics. And that movie was won, that bike race was won by a guy doing a backflip on his bike. And a whole new world opened up. Now, people are doing quadruple flips on bicycles. That's radical. That's extreme. And it's radical because why? It changed the existing and accepted or traditional form of riding a bicycle. We've seen extreme weight loss. There's extreme couponing. <laughs> Some of us like to watch extreme fighting. There are extreme makeovers, people and houses. You see, anything, anything that breaks from the existing or accepted or traditional form of something is going to be considered radical or extreme. And part of our mission as a church is to raise up radical lovers and of God and radical lovers of people from the next generation. That means we're raising up people who, who will love God and who will love people in ways that break from traditional forms of love. In fact, Jesus says that this is the only defining characteristic that the world will notice about us as Christians. That's it. John 13, verse 34. A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. Guess what? By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. The single most important identifier of the church, it's not good works. It's not even signs, wonders, and miracles. The one thing that should be standing out more than any other, the great big neon sign that's flashing and pointing, here are the Christians, is our love for God and our love for each other. That's why... We're raising up radical, passionate, aggressive lovers of God and people from the next generation. It's the only way we're going to be known as Christ followers. Now, there's another very important definition of radical that we have to look at, and it's this. Radical means also going to the root or the origin of something. So, if we apply uh, this to being a radical Christian who loves God and people with radical love, then the target that we're aiming at is, is one where we are returning to the roots and the origins of Christianity. We are returning to the roots and the origin of love. 
So raising up radical lovers of God and people means we are returning to the roots of love. And there's only one place we can go to find the roots of love. 1 John chapter 4, verse 8. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. There is only one source for love. Only one. There is only one root to love, and it is in the person of God himself. And even though the concept of love has been expressed and discussed and, and experienced, you know, since creation, most people do not understand that love is not a concept, but a person, more specifically, an eternal being. Now, I know that's hard to comprehend, and that's why God did us a great big favor and he sent us Jesus. Jesus came to show us what the person of love looks like. And when Jesus came to, to the when, when Jesus came to the earth, every demonstration of love before him was rendered completely insufficient. Whatever act of great love ever existed, whatever passionate love stories of, of man and woman overcoming the world to love each other before him was completely and utterly insufficient to fully describe what love is. And ever since Jesus, we have, as a people, been in a desperate pursuit of fully expressing the perfection of his love. Jesus is the fullness of radical-looking love. Jesus is the root and the origin of love. In fact, Isaiah says Jesus is a root of Jesse. Verse, chapter 11, verse 10, it says, And in that day the root of Jesse will stand as a banner for the people's. And the nations will rally to him, and his place of rest will be glorious. I like glorious rest. Anybody else? I think it's on a beach in Hilton Head, but... <laughs> it's close. It's a good place. But Jesus is the root of love. He is the origin of love. Jesus is the original radical lover of God and people. And when you and, and I think about being radical Christians, being radical lovers of God and people, we have only one person as our model. And not only is Jesus the root and the origin of what love is, he is also the perfect demonstration of what a radical life looks like. Jesus lived to challenge and change the existing religious systems. That's what made him a radical. I mean, he also... You know, he presented some pretty 
radical ideas out there even for just normal people. I mean, he didn't just come to wreck the, the religious folks. He wrecked us all. Every, every single one of us. Unfortunately, most of what the church in America looks like is not the radical Christianity that Jesus said we should be living. And I believe this is why God has put this mission of raising up radical lovers of God and people in front of us as well as other churches out there, because we're not the only one. We have to do our part. We have to do our part in restoring the identity and the practice of the church the way we see it in the book of Acts. I mean, let's, let's just look at just a few things. Just a couple of radical things Jesus said about how we are supposed to be living Christianity. Here's one. Love your enemies. Matthew 5, verse 43. You have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. That you may be sons of your Father in heaven. He causes his son to rise on the evil and the good. And he sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your brothers, what are you doing more than anyone else? Don't even pagans do that? Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. We live in a day where we can't even get on Facebook without being a jerk. We'll, we'll, we'll go with jerk since we're in church. I watch some of you guys talk to each other. It's jerky. And your high horse about politics and whatever else, okay, great. But how many posts have you put out there about love? Okay, I mean, I, I believe in all kinds of radical things too, but man, when was the last time you said anything about love? Ever. Especially your enemies. Whoever said I loved Obama? Ugh, you're not even, you're not even politely chuckling on that one. <laughs> More of a nervous giggle, I guess. I don't know. I, come on. Just love has nothing to do with endorsement. Okay, I don't have to endorse your lifestyle to say I love you. I don't have to endorse your policies, the way you live life. I don't have to. It doesn't mean that. So let's love our enemies. In fact, why don't you just once a, let's just start there. Once a week, put something about love out there. Just, hey, I love you. I love this person. I love that person. 
You can say, love Tom Preble. I need that every day in my feed. <laughs> Keeps me from jumping off a ledge. It's, I don't want to do that anymore. Here's another one that's been lost. Kind of goes along with the last one. How about turning the other cheek? And I don't mean showing them the other, you know, when you show your backside on a line. Talking about Matthew 5, verse 38. You have heard it was said, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, argument for argument, debate for debate. But I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If someone strikes you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. And if someone wants to sue you and take your tunic, let him take your cloak as well. If someone forces you to go one mile, go with him two miles. And give to the one who asks you, and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. I won't beat us up anymore on that one. Here's another favorite for American Christians. God or money, you have to choose. Matthew 6, 24 says, no one, everybody say no one, can serve two masters. He will either hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. The other. You cannot serve both God and money. Now, notice he's not saying you can't have money, he's saying you can't serve it. It's not possible. Either your God owns it or something else. Here's another radical thought from Jesus. Don't worry about anything. Seek God instead. Matthew 6, 25. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what's in your life, everything. <laughs> so we could just stop right there. But he, he wanted to clarify it for guys like me who are slow and want to argue a lot. So... Don't worry about your life or what you're going to eat or what you're going to drink or even about your body or what you're going to wear. Is the life not more important than food and the body more important than clothes? I mean, look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you, by worrying, can add one single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? Do you see how the lilies of the field grow? They don't labor or spin. And yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and mown over tomorrow, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them. Say, God knows I need these things. But seek 
first his kingdom and his righteousness and all of these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow is going to worry about itself. Each day has a whole bunch of trouble of its own. Just seek God. Seek God first. I mean, we need to do like a, a worry cleanse. Let's do a worry fast. And a negativity fast. Do a love feast while we do our negativity fast and our worry fast. Let's pig out on love. Seriously, stop worrying. This is the basic stuff that Jesus said about who we are. And it's radical. Here's a favorite to preach on. Many are on the path to destruction, and only a few even find the way of life. Now that's a high eyes nightmare. <laughs> Matthew 7, verse 13 says, Enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. Here's one. And lest I, I damage our American sensibilities any further, I'll end with this one. I know a lot of us may in here not struggle with this, but it's rapidly gaining ground in the world and in um, Christianity that's um, pantheistic. And it's this one. Jesus is the only way to God and eternal life. Now, I know we're all amen and in here, but you know, there are churches now who are embracing some things that are not even that. Anyway, it gets to God. We all love the same God. It's the same one. He's good. To, he just called different names. John 14, verse 6. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. There are no other ways. There are no other paths. And we can say that with oodles of love. We can be a people who are returning to their radical roots. Declare the truth while making people feel so loved they can't ignore the message. But it's going to take radical love. 
We're going to have to be radical lovers of God. Because that radical love for God will position us and give us the courage to do the radical things of love to others. If your heart is not empowered by God, then you cannot do powerful things for God. You will have a form of godliness and there will be no power. We are raising up radical lovers of God. Radical lovers of people. And listen, this is just a fraction. Just a small fraction of the statements Jesus made about being a radical Christian. And if we are going to be radical lovers of God and people, we have to first believe all of this stuff. Let me, let me get that in our hearts. You have to believe those things first before you can live any of it. We have to believe that Jesus meant what he said. If we don't believe, then we will never receive the reward of obedience. You only do that which you believe. Not what you say, only what you believe. You tell me, I've, I, Tom, I believe in tithing, but just I'm not able to. Okay, well, what you told me is you believe in lack. No, 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 you know my heart. You know my heart, I want to be a tither. No, I know that you have no faith when it comes to God and your finances. I'm not saying that because I want to hurt you. I'm just saying your actions are what you believe. How you live is always declaring, this is what I believe. And restoring our identity as the church of Jesus Christ is dependent upon our hearts burning with the radical love of God. We must return to the roots of our Christian faith. We have to center our life, not on our favorite TV preacher. We have to center our life on the man Jesus Christ. Can't even compare yourself to me or Eric or Joel or Joyce. We're all failures compared to the perfection of the man, Jesus Christ. He, Jesus, is our only hope. And the Holy Spirit living in us is our only hope of living and loving like Jesus did. That's it. That's it. So will you surrender your life to the Holy Spirit? Will you let him lead and guide you? Will you seek him first before you go after your own wisdom? I just want to spend a moment with the Holy Spirit right now. So if you would, just close your eyes. And <coughs> if
if you would, just in your own words while you're sitting there, just, just ask him, ask the Holy Spirit to just fill you up again. Just say, fill me, Holy Spirit. Fill me, fill me, fill me again. Fill us up. God, we leak and we drip. The Bible says we're cracked vessels, so we leak sometimes, God. Fill us up right now. Fill me, fill me, fill me. Maybe if you have your prayer language, then just sigh quietly. Just speak to him in your prayer, prayer language. Spirit. Thank you. I want to ask you to ask Him. Ask the Holy Spirit to take the leadership of your life. Holy Spirit, lead me. I ask you, Holy Spirit, to move to the front. I want to be hot on your tail. Bring your leadership, your government into my life. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Now I want you to just take a moment and just repent to the Holy Spirit for living in your own wisdom, living in your own strength. God, I confess I love my own strength and my own wisdom. I'm obsessed with it, God, and I just ask you to forgive me. Forgive me, God, for not taking time to seek you first. Forgive me, God, for not seeking counsel with you and your word. repent Father now finally just ask him Holy Spirit help make me radical lover of God and people just ask him that right now Holy Spirit help us I want to be Extreme and loving God and extreme and loving people, God. I want to return to my, my roots. I want to return to the, the man, Jesus Christ, as the example of how I'm supposed to live. 
forgive me for comparing my life to other men and women, God. I want to recenter my focus on the man Jesus. Help me to be a radical like he was a radical. I renounce and reject fear, terror, and intimidation. I embrace love and peace and joy, hope. God, fill us. Help us, Holy Spirit, to be radical like Jesus, the original radical. Father, we just say we, we thank you, God, for this day. We thank you for the salvations. Thank you for the baptisms last Sunday and the salvations on Easter. And We thank you for the, the fresh wind of God that's bringing renewal, preparing us for revival. We thank you, God. But Lord, this, this has to get outside the building. So please, Father, today as we go, Help us take this glory with us. This will be no revival if it doesn't touch the city, God. So help us today, God, to carry this word, carry the truth of your scriptures, truth of your Holy Spirit. Help us to carry that out into our dying world, God. And there is only one way. And it is through you, Jesus. So today we give you honor. We give you glory. Thank you for power and strength. God, you are King of kings and Lord of lords. And we bless you, Jesus, Son of God. We thank you for today. We thank you for the healing and breakthrough. God, keep the balloons fully blown up with hope, God, and let love flow out of our lives. Thank you for this day, God, and we bless you. In the name of Jesus, and everybody says, amen. If you need prayer, the altar team will be up here. If you need some more prayer, don't forget, worship training team, All the rest of you are this afternoon starting at three, go check your email. If you haven't already, we'll see you then. God bless you.